0: The other side podcast mission is to discuss important cultural and social issues relating to race, culture, gender and equality. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the other side podcast. I'm Scott Kirk and my partner in crime. Lucas is out on assignment today. So it's just me. But joining me here in the studio is Corey Frederick, a transgender man and program manager for the Mosaic Safer Space, which is a wellness program and community space for transgender, gender non conforming, and non binary people of color. Welcome. Thank you. So I've been wanting to have this talk for a long time forgive me I'm trying to learn as much as I can and so I think that some of the questions that I have are probably questions that other people have and either just don't get the opportunity to ask them or are quite honestly are fearful you know they don't want to be offensive or anything like that so I think the first thing I'd probably ask is would you describe yourself either currently or in the past as a male who was born into a female body and now your external persona matches your internal is that an
1: accurate way to for people who don't quite understand sure yeah that's a i mean that's a pretty common question i think that people have i think that in our you know current day the so it's sort of nuanced it's it's that's kind of black and white to say that you know i was born a, man in the wrong body. that's that's pretty black and white, and our lives are much more complex, uh, colorful, and yes. complex than that, right? So there was never a time in my life that I felt like a girl. ok, quote unquote. And I think that if you ask other cisgender people, so cisgender people don't have any dysphoria when it comes to their gender, which is what you think about yourself, how you choose to express yourself, ok, and their anatomy. So, all the parts and pieces match what your brain tells you you are if that makes any sense
0: so it's the Could opposite you say of a, transgender okay so a heterosexual man who was born a male and still I guess lives as a male is a cisgender man correct that can also be for a homosexual man. yes okay
1: right so important to differentiate between gender identity which is your internal sense of male or female Okay. So that's your gender identity, your sexual orientation, obviously, who you're attracted to. Right. So you could be a a male infant with XY chromosomes, a regular, you know, typical uh, anatomy, Mm -hmm. penis and testicles, and you perceive yourself internally, you perceive yourself as a man, Okay. as a male person, you know, he, him, his doing all those things that might be stereotypical of, you know, males to do in our society. Mm hmm. You're comfortable with doing. A transgender person, they are born with, you know, vagina, uh, ovaries, uterus, or penis testicles, but they don't feel that way on the inside as they develop and and get that sense of who they are and how they fit into society. Okay. Okay. So also I want to take just a second to say that depending on the time period that you were born, the geographical location in which you were born and the culture in which you were born, being transgender being someone who doesn't feel that their anatomy matches their gender identity mm-hmm. is no big deal in some communities right in some places and times so you know this idea that there's a problem really only exists in certain societies gotcha okay so i just wanted to put out that
0: well to be honest so in terms of because you hear terms like post-op pre-op uh-huh. but for those who want to Physically transform. One, is that covered by insurance?
1: It depends. It depends on the insurance. Um, I know historically, typically, it's not something that's covered. It's considered to be an elective cosmetic mm-hmm. surgery as opposed to um, medical necessity. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is changing, though, because I think people are realizing that in order for trans, some some trans people, I want to say some, mm-hmm. not all trans people want to change their body physically. Okay. Okay. So for those trans people who do wish to oh, trans Question. Suffer, mm-hmm. Sure. If you don't change your body physically...
0: What makes you transgender? I guess because I'm thinking, okay, if you have a young male or young female, right, and they're born into the body that they're born into, but they never actually have the surgery or outwardly change their
1: appearance, are they still considered transgender? Yes, uh, I I think it's important to realize what that person identifies as. So, you know, if um, there are many reasons why someone isn't able to or chooses not to transition physically. Okay. Obviously, you know, maybe depending on the stage you are in your life, it, it may be difficult for you to transition. People have families; they're married. Just all of the social stigma that goes into making a transition like that, so they may not feel comfortable transitioning. There may be a cost factor, which was your insurance question. Um, how, I believe that, that how much does it cost? Just out of just, it depends. Like, it, are we talking thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds um, of dollars? I, it, it depends on what you're going for. So I think typically for for transgender men who wish to physically transition. So usually, most people, I would say, generally start with hormones. So if you are a female-bodied person and you're transitioning to male, mm-hmm. you'd probably start taking testosterone. Mm-hmm. If you are male-bodied and wish to transition to female, then you would start taking estrogen. And right. some, com- usually, hormone blockers. It's Once the body is masculinized, just biologically speaking, mm-hmm. once there's testosterone introduced into the body, it's very difficult to feminize the body. So a lot of times, trans Women have to take additional medications to help suppress the testosterone that's created naturally in their body. Gotcha. So um, hormone blockers that will help to reduce some of the you know hair growth and, and feminize a little bit. So you know, kind of right off the bat, you know, and this might be you know outside of the context of our conversation, but when you talk about the differences in expenses between men's lives, just any men, any any man out there, their mm-hmm. typical life versus the expenses that uh, female-bodied women in crew is vastly different, you know, talking about hairstyles, right? you know, just everything clothes are more expensive. So anyway, so for, for someone who wishing to transition from female bodied to male bodied, you'd take testosterone. Most people elect to have a chest surgery. If that's, that's usually high on the priority. Reduce the the breast, right. Reduce the chest area. And I would say the majority of trans men that I know choose to stop there. So you're looking at, you know, the the monthly cost for hormones and ranging anywhere between maybe 50 to a hundred dollars. And then we call it top surgery. Top surgery, depending on you know your particular case might be anywhere between say three thousand to seven thousand. mine was five. so for trans women, those born male bodied wishing to transition to female mm-hmm. I mean it really runs a, a whole gamut. There's anything from you know breast augmentation, um, you know your typical breast implants, uh, you know obviously uh, hormones in the initially breast implants, you might have surgeries that will help to slim down that male profile. So sometimes there are eyebrow recontouring, cheekbones, you know, shaping the cheekbones, shaving the Adam's apple. That's a, a, that's a pretty male indicator, mm-hmm. you know, all the way to liposuction and implants. I mean, you, you really just, you never know what someone's going to choose for surgery. And in terms of genital surgery or bottom surgery, I think you're really looking anywhere in the neighborhood of, you know, fifteen to $50,000, just depending on... What you know, there are lots of different options that people have, uh, both for trans men and for uh, trans women. But hundreds of thousands, no, no, okay. I mean, that's still a significant cost, especially if you don't have insurance or absolutely you just
0: don't have the money. Right. You're just kind of trapped sort of in the body that that you have. And that's the pretty terrible thing that it kind of comes down to who can afford it and who can't.
1: Absolutely. And I hope that as we grow in our society, we start to realize that these surgeries, while they may seem cosmetic, they really can make or break someone's life experience. Things as simple as when I started taking testosterone, you know, I pretty much immediately grew a beard. I'd already shaved my head, you know. When I opened the door, people identified immediately as male. But I wasn't able to go swimming. I mean, just something as simple as splashing around because I hadn't had top surgery, I hadn't had oh, I my chest surgery, so I didn't want to be, you know, in this ambiguous space. It's very difficult in our society for other people to be comfortable in that gray zone. We really like to have a black or white, yes or no, very binary. And when we talk about, you know, gender binary, that that term, that's really what we're talking about, you know. When, Women, they stay at home, they take care of the children, they wear pink, they, you know, bake cookies. And men, they wear blue and play with trucks and they go to work and they take out the garbage. You know, we have those those rules in our society. Right. And, you know, they, they, they go back. And, and, and lots of different cultures over time. You know, they ebb and flow those expectations based on your gender. So our society, you know, we're, we're very uncomfortable being in that gray space mm-hmm. where you might not necessarily know what someone's biological gender is. It might be something different than what they express at work versus at home. So when you can do something to have your body match up with how you feel about yourself, that can open doors for you that seem like they were permanently closed forever because in order for you I believe in order for you to live your best life you have to be your best self and if you have those self doubt feeling you know a lack of confidence being ridiculed because the people that you are surrounding yourself with don't they are not comfortable in that gray space so if you can do something to align your body with how you feel about yourself and what your expectations are for society and how you want society to identify you. You know, people can move mountains when they feel this alignment together. Do you feel like you're living your
0: best life? Are you the person that you wanted to be now? I am, absolutely.
1: I can't imagine where I would be in my life if I didn't transition when I did in it, 2004. 2004.
0: Was that just because that was the time that you decided that that's what you you wanted to do, or it was just kind of a timing in terms of the surgery, the
1: money, and or mm-hmm. why 2004, I guess, is my question. Yes, uh, you hit the the nail mm-hmm. on the head. It was it was timing, it was money, it was opportunity. It's a somewhat privileged thing to do to be able to transition. I had I had a job, I had a supportive family. It took them a while. That was part of the, the time component. I was 24 years old. I'd come out at about age 19 as trans i had always known i mean we didn't i didn't that was the 80s you know when i was a child i was in the 80s so we didn't have words like transgender that wasn't something yeah. you know that that floated around freely like it does now so i was just a tomboy you know i was that little girl in you know dresses or whatnot playing in the river or the side of the creek looking for crawl dads and and you know fish out in the country and you know that's being a tomboy is okay it, when we're talking about, you know, transgressing those gender constructs. You know, girls wear pink and, and right. boys wear blue. It's okay, I feel it's okay in our society for girls to be a little bit more masculine, to be a tomboy or whatnot. That's, I think, a little bit less scary for people mm-hmm. um, as opposed to little boys. Being a little bit more feminine. Yeah. You know, we're really quick to knock that, literally in some right. cases, knock that out of that little boy. You know, yeah. boys don't cry, toughen up, be a man, right. you know, at five. So for me, it, it was easy ish, you know, to a certain age. It's okay to be a tomboy, you know, uh, middle, elementary, middle school, you know, but by the time you get to high school, you have a lot of peer pressure. Yeah. You've yeah. got homecoming, you've got prom, you've right. got that boy girl coupling yeah. up, you know, and so even though I always identified as, as a boy, I didn't have the language really around... I didn't have a good way to express myself. It wasn't until I got to college and started reading you know, books and just other literature, and I started to hear my own story in the stories of others. And that really, you know, when you can when you can tap into someone else's experiences, they can help guide you along your way. If you're, you know, not necessarily in a place where you're feeling supported on your own. I was from a small town, and so anyway, so going to college, whereabouts, just down in Athens. Okay. Since you mentioned
0: other people's experiences and transitioning to a man and the unique challenges that comes with that i'd like to if we could i'd like to play a clip for you this is actually a snippet of audio from the WashingtonPost.com, which they published earlier this year called crossing the divide and in this clip we're going to hear a black transgender man tristan cotton he talks about how being a man is not as easy as he once thought it would be
2: understand having you know been in this body for 10 years is that it's not peaches and cream either for men or the grass isn't a whole lot greener on this side than what it was on on the other side and so you you come to learn that men have burdens too that we struggle with coming out of my context feminist background gay background women's community there were you know there was a space and a place that you could talk about your feelings you can't find those spaces necessarily for men and i don't know if men are necessarily make those spaces for each other. But I find myself, you know, sitting with my own feelings of, um, you know, hurt, helplessness, fear, um, sometimes shame for not being able to man up or not not being able to to just, you know, rack it all under, uh, you know, throw it all under the bed and and move on. Can you
1: relate to any of that? Absolutely. When I initially began taking testosterone and, you know, as uh, Tristan, Mm -hmm. as he said, you know, I came from, Most people would have identified me before I started transitioning. They would have identified me as a lesbian. Okay. Okay. So I was very much all my relationships, my social networks were all, you know, female based, all all women. When I started taking testosterone, I really found myself and I, so there's, there's always this argument, particularly I think when we're talking about feminism, that we are who we are based on nurture. Mm -hmm. Okay. So boys are taught to be boys. Girls are taught to be girls. Taking hormones, though, I think shows you that there's also a strong biological component. Okay, So that being said, when I started taking testosterone, I really found myself distancing myself from women, from some of those social groups, from some of those relationships that I had, not necessarily intentionally, but the camaraderie changed being seen in the world now as masculine my own identity as as a male i really was seeking out those men's groups i wanted to get involved in i don't know like a men's drumming circle or something you know i wanted i wanted my boys around yeah you know i think part of that was testosterone base, the hormone itself sort of changing the wiring in my brain you know after having been on testosterone for 10 years i'm I'm not on it right now you don't realize how much you 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 know the the physical changes everybody talks about the immediate physical changes that you're going to see when you start taking testosterone they don't talk about the long-term effect of being on testosterone emotionally what he was saying earlier this connection to other men and the sort of distancing oneself from some of those female social groups it is. it's very difficult and, and what I came to find is it's very hard to find those men's groups because men so after after having been on testosterone for so long and kind of looking back, I realized why it was so hard to find those men's social groups. And I think unless you're doing something around sports or maybe a hobby like you know fishing you know right, something yeah. like that cars yeah men don't tend to get together and chat. This is true. You know, I mean, we're not really like opening ourselves up and talking about, I mean, maybe you have your boy that you're talking to, you know, and and y'all talk about relate, you know, your relationship with your, with your significant other, or maybe things that are happening at work. But what I found is generally men aren't talking about those things. They might be experiencing that. And, and what I realized too, is men experience a depth of emotions, but the need to voice those emotions and to explain and hear someone else's thoughts about their emotions you know i've found in my own experiences that 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 need isn't there it's not there as i experienced it as a female bodied person i don't
0: disagree with you i think in some cases though i think the need is there i think that man we're just socialized to not express it so you know you're talking to your homeboy and you know his his girl broke up with him he might be crushed he may actually want to talk to you about it but because he's been socialized to you know men are not supposed to cry they're not supposed to express emotion I think a lot of guys just hold it in mainly because they don't out of fear that they'll be judged or made fun of by their other male counterparts if you know if they express this emotional whatever to them. So I think it's like you said, either they they don't think they need to or they think that they need to, but don't feel safe in a comfortable space, Mm -hmm. whereas women are socialized to comfort each other and they don't think anything of it. Mm -hmm. You know, if they if they're having a bad day and they need a shoulder to cry on, they call their girlfriends up and there's no judgment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with guys, I think it's, it's just different. Right. Just quickly you said that you're no longer on testosterone correct so
1: what does that mean for you like physically like what what happens if you stop taking it well all those emotions that i thought i had lost for 10 years came back really you know i mean so i I mean mean, like the like your facial hair and stuff like yeah so like like i said earlier you know once you once you introduce the body to testosterone Mm -hmm. it, it i mean it's with you Oh, so, okay. yeah, so, so I was on for you know, many years, stopped taking it. I kept my hair, some of my hair that I had lost during my uh, time when testosterone is growing back, which I'm very happy about. Oh, wow. Um, yes, my, you know, my, uh, you know, reproductive cycle menses started up again. So, so so you sort don't sort of a third puberty i guess so uh, a
0: transgender man that's on testosterone only has to take it up to a point and then after that they can s- stop taking it and the body will just naturally continue to produce testosterone or or whatever benefits they got from taking the testosterone. basically
1: it, so it's not a a lifelong thing well so i chose to stop taking testosterone because i wanted to start a family okay okay so i i've been pregnant twice i lost the first baby wow really yes first daughter she was born prematurely at 22 and a half weeks but i have a a, a little girl now she's almost two she'll be two in december she's so cute congratulations uh, thank you so yes yeah, so that was that was definitely a, you know obviously a very planned and my my husband and i you know planned that out so may i ask just out of curiosity sure. your husband is a cis man yes yes he's biologically male and identifies as male
0: and so and this is one of the things i was going to ask you later on but since we're into so when you meet someone on a romantic level in the past when you met someone on a romantic level one did you tell them immediately about you and would you normally date cis men or would you pursue a transgender female yeah just in your personal
1: life i know other different people do different things but just in your situation sure so this conversation really is probably longer than your podcast will allow for so i can imagine all the uh, trans people out there that are on uh hormones are going to roll their eyes at me when i say this so for me in my experience before i started taking testosterone i dated women pretty much exclusively lesbian women for the most part yes i I think uh, there might have been one or two uh, women who identified as bisexual okay so but yes cisgender okay cisgender they were they were born female they identified as female gotcha when i started taking testosterone i really found myself gravitating and being sexually attracted to men okay cis men cis men correct so and and this was the first time in your life you'd ever felt like that i had dated boys on and off in high school you know, nothing serious, nothing yeah. like, you know, holding hands or right. something like that. But in terms of that, you know, I, I think that in a re- in in relationships, you have like a physical component. Obviously, right. And then you also have like an emotional social component. Right. Um, So I felt my I felt that I had a, a physical and emotional attraction to women. OK. When I started taking testosterone, that physical component, I really became attracted to men. OK. For me and my own experiences, the emotional side of dating women changed. Okay. Okay. So I, I don't really know how to explain it in a way that's going to make sense to other people, but I found myself attracted to men and started okay. dating men. Okay. Um, a few years into my transition, I met my, we're separated now, but I met my husband online. He lived in Malaysia. Wow. Okay. Right. 10,000 miles away. So, we, I mean, we had a whole other host of issues, ah, okay. cultural issues, you know, to center around right. immigration, you know, and this was before marriage equality passed. So, we're going through the, you know, um, USCIS, Department of Homeland Security and Immigration Services and things like that, trying to prove to them that I was biologically female, even though we looked like men, they were so, our society is so focused on the, the rarity that a man, a biological man is going to give up uh, his identity to transition to female, that that's the only narrative. Seemingly, that's the only narrative around trans identities that we have is, is a male bodied person transitioning to female. Mm -hmm. So when the immigration officers are looking at our pictures they're like it's fine that you're transgender, but you need to transition to female first. I'm like, "No, no, no. I was born female. I've already transitioned and now I'm male." They couldn't they just couldn't get that part. They people don't see trans men in society. Yeah. Once you shave your head, grow a beard, like you're just a man. Doesn't right, matter yeah. really much else about you. You can be short, tall, doesn't matter. But for trans women, Unless you are of a certain you know stature, most people don't see a, a biological female that is you know six seven, right? So right. so automatically that sort of picture gets that that stereotype or picture gets put in people's minds that that when you're talking about transgender, you're talking about someone like Caitlyn Jenner. Right. Right. So as a trans man, I was totally invisible. And they're like, yeah, we don't mind if you get married, but you got to transition first. You know? And so that was an issue. Saying all that to say that when I stopped taking testosterone in order for us to have our family, I became attracted to women again. Ah. So that threw a major unexpected curveball into everything. It was just... I didn't realize how much I would change emotionally once I stopped taking the testosterone. And I just, you know, my, my partner and I, we found ourselves at very different places in our lives um, with what we wanted from a relationship. So I, I'm not as sure exactly what your original question was, uh, but I think I kind no, of danced actually, around a you lot did, of different you did. areas.
0: What did you think of the whole bathroom? transgender bathroom controversy which is not as hot and controversial now but Mm -hmm. it was at one time what are your thoughts on that
1: trans people people gender non-conforming non-binary are just like everyone else when it comes to trying to use the bathroom you want to get in do your business hopefully it's somewhere clean right you don't have paper sticking to your foot when you walk out <laughs> right. Right? right wash your hands and leave right check yourself in the mirror make sure I have any broccoli in your teeth okay right. that's the point of the bathroom anybody that has any good sense knows what goes on in a bathroom this was fear-mongering by the political right this was fear-mongering statistically, the people who have the most to fear going to the restroom are trans people. Okay, we're attacked in restrooms, we are misgendered in restrooms, we're kicked out of restrooms all the time. So that was a tactic, a political tactic used to rile people up because it, it plays on people's insecurities and fears. Right. And, you know, you see that anytime anytime there's something, there's a major election um, or political campaign coming up, you see politicians trying to play that fear card because it gets people out, gets people to vote, gets people to talk about about it on Twitter and and do all these other things. So trans people using the bathroom. Trans people have been using the bathroom. <laughs> in public spaces that's the thing that people don't realize. We have already been here. We've already been walking among you. You know, we are your children, we are your friends and neighbors, we are your teachers. Just because someone doesn't look like they're trans doesn't mean that they aren't. You never know what someone's story is unless they tell it to you. Absolutely. What's your response to people cuz there are people out
0: there who feel that and I think the the bathroom controversy kind of picks up on it that gay and transgender lifestyles are being imposed on
1: them or imposed on their children. What do you think about that? When any marginalized group starts to fight for their rights, I'm sure it does come across as you know an, an imposition. I remember, well, I've read a lot, done a lot of research about the ADA the Americans with Disabilities Act. You know, that changed that really changed our public life when these buildings and public accommodations had to make room for people. And that to me is not an imposition. You're 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 bringing the rest of your brethren, rest of humanity into the fold. And yes, you might have to make Some accommodations that you wouldn't have otherwise had to make, but it is for the greater good. And I think that if people realize, you know, I as a trans man, I have a lot to contribute to society. And being transgender is only a very small part of my identity. It's a very, very tiny, small part of who I am as a person. So we know that there are intersex conditions. We know that there are people, the, the previous term was hermaphrodite. We know that people, through no fault of their own, come into this world with genitalia that is ambiguous. We're not sure if it's all 100% male, all 100% female. They might have testicles that are undescended. They're still in the abdomen. There's just a whole host of things. It's it's biology. You just you, We're not cookie cutters, right? right? So we know that, that intersex people exist in society, have always existed in society. I want people out there who might be listening, people who might be thinking, oh, trans people, you know, we just woke up one day and decided this. This is a lifestyle choice. Realize that just because you can't see inside my brain to know how it might have been arranged when I was born, when I was being developed, just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it is made up or isn't something that is real. We know that there are variations in biology. So we know that there are people who are born with ambiguous genitalia. How far of it is a stretch to say that oh, maybe they're wiring in their brain? I'm left-handed. I mean, come on, this is, we're humans. It, there's right. variation and it's, it's through no fault of our own. There's no reason to make someone's life more difficult just because they don't fit in with what you think is normal.
0: All right. Well, Corey, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. You know, I could ask you a million questions. I know you're probably like, you know, you've asked half a million already. But um, I just want to thank you again for coming in and we'll have to have you back so we can talk about the unique challenges that the trans community of color face, because I think that's a, a really important thing. Plug your organization. What do you have? What do you guys have going on? How does how does a person get in contact with you?
1: Yes. Well, we are Mosaic. We're located at twenty two twenty eight Summit Street in Columbus. Mm-hmm. We are open Monday through Friday, eleven to seven for programming and for HIV and STI testing. I would suggest if people want to check us out, visit our website Mosaic M O Z A I C Ohio O H I O dot O R G. Check us out. We've got a lot of really awesome programs coming up. We have a a really good community program called Threads Revisited so people can come in. They can donate their clothes that they may not be using anymore. Mm -hmm. Pick up new items. We're going to have some new seasonal for the colder weather items for people to come in and pick up. Visit us. Check us out we are welcoming we are inclusive and we want to hear from you all right well like I said thanks again for coming in for those of you
0: out there listening don't forget we love to hear from our listeners so check us out on our Facebook page at Facebook slash group slash other side podcast all one word or you can hit us up on our Twitter page at other side underscore POD and there you'll find a bunch of neat stuff photos and videos and some of our past episodes and you can always email us at other side mailbox at gmail.com so until our next episode try to see things from the other side thanks